The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to another episode of I Love Wellness. I'm so excited for today's episode. We have my friend Jordan Younger on the podcast, and you may know Jordan as the Balanced Blonde on Instagram or on social. She has her own podcast, the Balanced Blonde podcast, which I had the opportunity to be on a couple of months ago. And I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Lo. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you again. We had so much fun on the Balanced Blonde talking about all of our crazy astrological similarities and all the things. I know. Before we chatted, I went back into my inbox and like looked at our email history and you were sending me like all of this interesting things on, you know, like my chart. Your human design. (laughs) Yes. I looked up your human design. design. You are, do you remember what you are? I think you were a manifesting generator. Yes, I'm a manifesting generator. I don't know what that means exactly, but like... I love manifesting generators. You guys are full of energy. You're multi-passionate. You probably have so many different passions that you juggle and every day is different. You might want to be in New York one day, California the next day. You're just kind of in the best way. You have so many passions and you know how to follow them. And you guys have so much energy, which I love because I'm a reflector, which means I thrive off of being around manifesting generators, generators, manifestors, because you guys rev me up. Otherwise, I could just be so content just in my hole, doing my thing, writing. That's interesting, though, because I'm kind of a homebody, Jordan. (laughs) You can still be a homebody. You can still be a homebody. You can still be an empath. And you're a Libra. So you still have all that air in your chart. And there's all different types of manifesting generators. But it doesn't surprise me because I see what you've done with your business. And (laughs) you've also done so many things. You've been on reality TV. You've been in culinary world. You have love wellness. So you're a manifesting generator to your core. Okay, fine. Well, this podcast is about you. (laughs) Okay. Um, Jordan, I feel like you are so well known for sharing your journey with chronic Lyme disease. Um, And you have just been so open and honest about your journey, your sickness, your spiritual journey. Like I've loved learning about you and from you over the past few years. And I'm really curious how you've gotten to where you are today. I know that you started blogging in 2013. And if like anybody listening remembers, in 2013, those were really early days of blogging. There weren't that many people doing it then. And I know that you left grad school to blog. So like, that's a big leap, especially in 2013. So talk me, like, talk to me about where your headspace was at the time and how you knew that it was the right decision for you. Because I mean, to, to, to step off the path of, you know, higher education, getting a master's, obviously for a very specific purpose into blogging is, it's a big, it's a big step. It's a big pivot. So I'm, I'm curious to start the conversation there. Yeah, it's a big leap and you really describe it so well. 2013, it was very early to be blogging. 
it just came to me as something that I wanted to do to share my passion for writing, my passion for veganism at the time. I was cooking all the time, creating all these colorful recipes. And I saw people on Instagram who were bloggers, quote unquote, but in social media. And I thought, you know what? I could do this too. I started my Instagram and then my blog, theblondevegan.com at the time, right before I moved to New York to go to grad school at the new school in the West Village. And people in my life, my parents said to me, once you get to grad school, you're not going to keep putting so much time into this hobby, right? Because grad school is your focus. You want to write fiction. You want to be in the publishing industry. You can't just keep blogging about food. That's so silly, you know? And I was like, of course, of course. Once I get to grad school, I will probably never blog. It's whatever. Instagram is whatever. And then of course, the exact opposite happened where I got to grad school. My blog was just revving up and the blogging industry was just starting. People weren't making money really off of anything yet. I think we were making a couple dollars here and there off of clicked ads on the website and that type of stuff. But even like 30 cents, I was like, oh my God, I'm making money on my blog. And it was so funny because I just started to realize for the first time, I have this entrepreneurial spirit where I had always seen myself as such a creative, such a Libra, writer, free spirit, um, fly by the seat of my pants. I had always told my friends, I'm never going to have a nine to five. And they would just laugh at me. They're like, good luck getting into the real world. Um, Cause there just wasn't so much at the time at all of people paving their own way and their own career without starting with a nine to five or having that typical job. So I started the blog. I was always going through health issues. So my blog really became a hub for me to talk about the stomach issues, the skin sensitivities, the lifelong indigestion, bloating, nutritional deficiencies, kind of just this undiagnosed umbrella of symptoms that I always had. So the blog always kind of had that element to it where people really, they really understood that and they connected with that, which was exciting because I was never just this healthy person telling everybody, I'm perfect, I'm healthy, this is how you should be. People always related to that undertone of trying to figure out what's going on. So I started selling cleanse programs on my blog in 2014. And back then, this was not a thing. Like people were not creating products like that or creating ebooks or whatever that it was and selling them to their audience. And it did really well to the point where I sat down with my dad around Thanksgiving and I said, I'll finish this year of grad school, but I just don't think that I should finish it. I don't think I should do my second year because I'm just not, my heart's not in it. My heart's in the blog. And he, both my parents are entrepreneurs. He was like, do it and don't do anything else on the side. Just go full throttle with the blonde vegan. So that's what I did. And then had a wild roller coaster of a few years because I wasn't vegan anymore. That was a whole controversy in the media, which is laughable at this point in time because it's just not, it's not headline news that someone chooses to eat eggs and salmon. And I wrote a book about it. It was actually a very traumatizing time because I was slaughtered by the vegan community, which just fueled me to put even more of my true essence into the blog, the social media, 
and then eventually into my podcast. And then um, 2017, I woke up one day in the summer with head to toe hives and thought, okay, this must be an allergic reaction. I'm sure it'll go away. Didn't go away. Weeks are passing. Was starting to get really worried. Seeing dermatologists, um, going to urgent care. Nobody could figure it out. I was getting um, cortisone shots in the ER because they were. I was afraid my throat was going to close up. Like everything, there wasn't one patch that wasn't covered. I say I've seen some of those photos of you that you share, just covered in hives, and it's like looks so painful and uncomfortable. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, How long totally. did it last for? Ten months. Um, without any relief. And this was, this is when I finally started to accept I have a chronic illness and wow, what does that mean? And it's kind of an invisible illness other than the skin stuff. Cause so much was happening on the inside. I was exhausted. I couldn't get out of bed. I had no motivation to, to work or to be with my boyfriend at the time. I mean, just had no motivation for anything. And it was really scary. So I went on many different journeys with many different doctors. I took myself to Bali for a month to do some soul searching. I only got a lot sicker there, literally couldn't get out of bed, was very scared and alone and far away and just knew there's something really, really, really bad going on. And thanks to my audience of The Balanced Blonde, which is what I had then transitioned my brand over to The Balanced Blonde, a lot of people in my audience said, you should get tested for Lyme disease. And you should also get tested for toxic black mold because that's exactly what your rash looks like. And that was among like thousands of recommendations. So it's not that I didn't take it seriously. It's just that I was really overwhelmed. And then when I hit my absolute rock bottom, it was time to, I just knew in my heart, my intuition, I was looking up Lyme disease. I knew I had it. So I found a really good specialist here in LA and she diagnosed me right away. Like we did all the blood tests. We did all the Lyme testing, mold testing, nutrition panels. And before they even came back, she was like, we could start treating you for Lyme because you have it. And then it came back and I went on this wild healing journey for the last three plus years, which is crazy. Yeah, that's so remarkable. So um, do they know how you contracted Lyme? Was it definitely a tick bite? Do you have any idea? I've thought a lot about this. I'm, I'm very spiritual, so I will take myself on these journeys in meditation or with plant medicine. And I will try to get to the root of when did I get Lyme disease? And the answer is, I just don't know. I mean, these ticks that carry Lyme disease are in all 50 states. They're in 80 different countries. It could have literally been anywhere. It could have been in California. It could have been in the Hamptons. Yeah. Alaska, when I was a kid fishing, we used to go there every summer and just like stand in these swamps that were full of every different type of bug under the sun and insects. Yeah. And now it's known that not just ticks carry Lyme, but mosquitoes and horseflies and um, a few other different types of flying insects. So think about, mm -hmm. oh, fleas. I have a cat. Like we had fleas many times. Could have been anything. I think it's really interesting that when you were sharing um, this part of the journey with the hives with your audience, they crowdsourced your 
illness. Like, and did, have you seen that New York Times documentary um, on Netflix where people have, you know, mystery diagnoses and then the New York Times would put out an article about the person's mystery diagnosis and then they would really go through all the yeah. comments. Oh, I need to watch that. What? I need to watch it. I can't remember what it's called, but just Google it like New York Times Netflix show about mystery illness. And so it's like the same thing happened to you. I just think it's so fascinating that, you know, and this is one of the ways in which the internet is kick ass because there's lots of ways in which I think the internet is not kick ass, but to be able to share your story and have people come back and give you actual advice that changes your life is so remarkable. And you know, when you talk about going to all of these doctors for years and years and nobody could figure it out, like that, at least from a Western medicine perspective, is like a core issue that so many of us deal with and face. And this is not to knock doctors. We have an incredible medical advisory board. Obviously, these people are brilliant. They're saving our lives right now during the COVID pandemic. But I think that they're trained to view things through a very specific lens. And we as patients don't know the right questions to ask to always get the care that we need, the tests that we need, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on. I think what Western medicine fails to take into account is that we civilians don't have years and years of education when it comes to biology backgrounds, all of this stuff. Obviously, that's why we go to doctors, but doctors have a very specific lens or viewpoint in which they view their patients, right? And they can't know everything. Their knowledge is not infinite. And I myself struggled with depression and anxiety for a really, really long time before finally, after about 18 months of searching for the root cause, which I felt was physical, I just knew it. Finally, a doctor did a vitamin panel and was like, oh my God, you're severely deficient in X, Y, and Z. And these things cause neurological damage and disorders. And it's a high likelihood that there's a correlation between those things. But I didn't know to ask for that myself. And so I think in your case, it's very similar. How would you know to ask, hey, can you screen me for Lyme disease? And so one of the things that I think about a lot in the United States is how do we um, educate people to be better advocates. And there's so few resources, but there are resources like Instagram, like your platform, et cetera, et cetera. And they might not always point you in the right direction, but they at least get you on a path to figuring out whatever it is that you're dealing with. So in that way, I'm super thankful for the internet. <laughs> me too. Me too. And I totally agree with everything you're saying. I, it was such a struggle for me. I mean, when I was seeing different doctors and no one could find the root cause, I was told it was everything from a food allergy to candida to, oh, you just have a little bit of eczema, no big deal. And this dermatologist, he didn't get within 10 feet of me. And I was like, no, look, I have like seven different types of rashes. This can't all be eczema. And I'm not going to put yeah. steroid cream from head to toe. That would be crazy. Like not every day. That's crazy. Um, and I wrote a blog post. This was after I was diagnosed with Lyme and I was seeing a doctor for a different reason. And um, I ended up writing this blog post called the doctor's visit from hell, because this was everything that you wouldn't want in Western medicine all rolled into one. And I totally agree with you that, that most doctors are amazing. They do their best and they're, they're trained. This doctor 
he's just not with the times when it comes to everything that has evolved over the last many years. And he tried to tell me Lyme disease doesn't exist in California. I think this is all in your head. And just on and on and on. And we got into this kind of heated discussion and it just left me feeling so just depleted and and so sad about how this happens to so many people because I am lucky. I have access to this incredible Lyme specialist here in LA. She gets it. She made me feel so seen. I see holistic healers. I see energy healers, functional medicine doctors, people who are up to date on all things alternative and Western. And to see this strictly Western um, older man who just tried so hard to invalidate everything that I had gone through. Um, it was so disheartening and it was so, so angering. So I'm totally with you. One of my huge passions is to share how I do advocate for myself because at that stage in my journey, I just wouldn't let that man walk all over me. I was like, no, actually, let's discuss this. There are 400,000 people diagnosed with Lyme disease every single year. It's a known fact that Lyme disease exists in every state in the U.S. This is a very real thing for me. Um, and I just think it's so sad that so many people are walking around with undiagnosed chronic illnesses and autoimmune conditions and made to feel like they're crazy. And like you said, like, like it's all on your head as if it's just anxiety, depression, which comes along. Of course, you get anxious and depressed when you feel so ill. Yeah, so I just wanted to chat quickly with you about Green Chef. If you don't know, Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle with meal plans that include vegan, vegetarian, paleo, and keto options. With Green Chef, it's easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that you will love to cook with easy step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. Green Chef also offers contactless delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking. I personally have enjoyed how much time Green Chef has saved me on busy weeknights because obviously I work a lot and I can feel great about what I'm eating with a variety of high quality and clean ingredients. So very exciting. Our listeners can head to greenchef.com ILW80 and use code ILW80 to get $80 off including free shipping. That's Green chef.com slash ILW80 and use code ILW80 to get $80 off, including free shipping. Now back to I Love Wellness. So I'm curious about uh, your healing journey specifically once you started to see this Lyme specialist, because I have so many people in my life that have Lyme and they just don't know what to do. Um, So what have been kind of the turning points for you from a healing perspective, the things that really help you, or even the things that didn't really help you? Yeah. So I tr- I've tried everything. If there's something that is a known helpful modality for Lyme, I've probably tried it. Everything from the extremely spiritual side of things to the extremely Western side of things, I've done it all because I really felt for for many years there that I was never going to get my life back. I wanted to take my own life at times, even though I have 
such incredible people around me and so much support because I never thought I was going to get out of bed again. And I never thought I was going to have my brain again. I had so much brain fog, no energy, couldn't do anything that I wanted or cared about in this life. And so I've tried it all. Um, Some things that have really helped me are ozone, IV ozone therapy, which I do with my at my Lyme doctor's office. They take your blood, they spin it with fresh ozone oxygen and then put it back into your body. I did that every week for about two years. I think that really helped. It cleans the blood. So the blood is where Lyme disease lives. And it's also where all the co-infections of Lyme can live, like mold, Babesia, Bartonella, all these cousins of Lyme that many people with Lyme also have. So that helped me a lot. I do stem cells, which has helped me a lot. And then I've done some very spiritual things, like I mentioned, plant medicine, um, which has connected me to the energetic root of why I got sick. Because there's a physical, of course, tick bite, flea bite, whatever it was. And then there's the energetic subconscious undertone that we all have and especially women we're so intuitive we're so so connected to our family our ancestors our dna so as i've done these plant medicine journeys i've reconnected to the energetics of why i got sick which is that i this is my belief i'm a very old soul and i take on the weight of the world specifically within my family And so on my father's side of the family, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of not feeling like you're enough. And I kind of took that all on, internalized it, and that added to why I got so sick. So I've done a lot of deep spiritual work to unravel that and to heal myself, which in turn heals my family. That's been really cool. I also eat a very clean plant-based diet. I eat salt oil, sugar-free. I juice every day. You see me drinking this green smoothie. That's just my everyday life. I love it. It brings me joy. So that's kind of what I try to share with people through my journey online is there's so many things you can do in your own life to clean up. Um, I don't use toxic products. I love your products so much. I've just been able to find so many things that help me. Herbal supplements. I love the medical medium. He's incredible. The celery juice movement, all the herbs that he recommends for Lyme. So it doesn't have to be this expensive, hard road. Because I'm, to, I'm covering a lot of topics here, ozone, stem cells, they're not available to everybody. They're expensive, but there's things that you can do that are, um, you know, in your own home, your food, your cleaning products, lowering the stress in your life. I know you talk about this too. I mean, I had to really de-stress my life and that has helped me so much. Yeah. You know, when I decided to deep stress. Uh, listen, this is an ongoing challenge forever, right? Because your life is peaks and valleys and you have to deal with stuff as it comes your way. But I made a decision, I think in 2020, if I remember correctly, that I simply wasn't going to let things that normally would derail me, derail me. I made a specific decision about stress and how I would manage drama and challenging things in my life. Whereas before I just let things happen to me and I let it take me on that journey. And now 
because I choose to try to remove myself emotionally from all of these things, they sort of just pass me by a little bit more seamlessly. I'll still have a bad day. I'll still have anxiety. But I think that just making the decision to not let these things get inside of me and sit in my body and like develop and rot myself away has helped tremendously. And all I did was make the decision to change my perspective. And I think a lot of people have no idea that that's even possible. And like, that's kind of, uh, what, what is the right word? Ethereal is the wrong word, but, but like, I'm able to get outside of myself a lot of the time and be like, okay, you're doing this, you're doing this, this is causing this. And I think if you're somebody that's struggling with stress, anxiety, whatever, if it's new for you, it's really hard to get outside of yourself and see um, what it is for what it is. Do you know what I mean? So Absolutely. it's simple deciding to change your mind, just make the choice to change your mind and amazing stuff can happen for you. I agree with you. And I think part of that too, because that's my big thing is like, I try to live a stress-free life, but inevitably, and my family always reminds me of this too, because I'm like, don't stress me out. Don't stress me out. And they say, you know, stress is part of life. So how are you going to choose to react to it? And that has helped me so much because you can't control anything but what's going on inside of you. So to have a daily routine, a daily practice of meditation or not looking at your phone first thing in the morning or going on a walk every day in nature or breathing, I take baths. I know you do too. I take a bath every morning, every night. That is my thing. I don't bring my phone in there to the best of my ability. I journal, I light candles, it's like my happy time. And that de-stresses me. And if I go through a period of not doing any of those techniques, I feel it. I feel so much more stressed, inevitably. I was just gonna ask you, you know, you live a very specific type of lifestyle, but everyone's human, you can't be perfect. So do you make mistakes? Do you slip up? Do you eat a piece of pizza? Like, mm-hmm. of I course. guess what I'm really asking is like, how do you manage this lifestyle that supports your health for the long term? And like, when you do slip up, what does that look like? And how do you like come back from that without being too hard on yourself? Well, and I think because like we share our lives online, there is this image of like, Jordan, it never never slips up. How are you so regimented? And the thing is like being too much of a perfectionist isn't healthy either. So that's not what I strive for. I definitely, I definitely do things that are not 100% aligned with my healing lifestyle, but I don't really consider them slipping up. Like these days after eating two years of SOS free, never deviating from it because that was part of my protocol. That was part of healing and I had to get my life back. So I took that very seriously. These days I feel like I'm healing, healed, doing really well. So I love to have my gluten-free vegan pizza at least once a week. I mean, that's like my thing. That's my favorite food from Double Zero in Venice. It's also in New York. And I don't think of that as slipping up. I think of that as giving myself like, oh my gosh, this is joyful. This makes me happy. Same with having coffee in the morning. I didn't have coffee or caffeine for two or three years. And then I got to this point around June of this year where I decided 
I want to have coffee in the morning. It makes me excited to get out of bed. And there's some good trade-offs with that. Happiness is a huge trade-off. Joy, like, ooh, I can jump out of bed because I'm really excited about this. So I think of it in that way, and I'm so human. And I have the days where I'm glued to my phone and I'm stressing out, and my husband will take the phone out of my hand and remind me, remember who you are, remember who you say you want to be, and like, let's, let's take some time off of technology, even if that's 30 minutes to just breathe and gather. So it's definitely a daily practice. And if anything, I've learned in 2020, because it's been such a different year and a rough year for all of us in different ways, is it is a daily practice. You don't just wake up one day and you're enlightened and you're healthy and you're good and you're glowing and you never have those issues again. Like a few days of being off my routine, I go backwards. So I try to be really easy on myself and know that I am human because, you know, I'm so connected to so much and I've opened up very psychically in the last many years. And so I've had many thoughts of like, it's so hard to be a human. My body hurts. This sucks. And just reframing that to, no, I get to be a human. We get to do such cool things. And part of being human is, is struggling and then getting back on to what makes you feel good. Yeah. Mm, that's really beautiful. I've never thought about that. We yeah. get to be human. We do. We chose it. And I have like all my little spiritual community and my mediums that I talk to and they'll remind me, they're like, you chose this. Just, just take a second, talk to your soul. You can do that in any way. You can journal, meditate, whatever. And it will remind you, you did choose this and it's all good. It's all good. I love that. All right. Um, my last two questions and I ask all of our guests is, so the first is what's your secret ritual? This is something that you do that makes you feel happier, helps you unwind, but you do it in secret. Ooh, my secret ritual. Oh my God. Well, I don't know if this is a ritual, but this is kind of like a guilty pleasure. Does that count? Um, I, oh, I'm so into reality TV. I love, it was Vanderpump Rules until that hasn't been on for a while now. Um, I'm super into the Kardashians right now. And it, I think people are always surprised to hear me say that, but that is how I zen out. If I am going into an anxiety spiral or a panic attack, which happens to me a lot, by the way, I turn on keeping up with the Kardashians and I, I it's like I plug back into being a human, as crazy as that sounds. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's this whole part of the world. Okay. I'll watch this and then I I tend to then forget about what is stressing me out. And I love to tell people that because we're not just we're, we're multifaceted humans. I am who I am, healthy and spiritual blah blah blah. I also love reality TV. I've loved reality TV since you were on reality TV. I've been a long time, you know, fan of of just watching fun TV. Yep. I think that's totally fair. I'm also a fan of fun TV. Mm -hmm. Not reality necessarily, but gosh, I watch a lot of Netflix. It makes me, it's the same thing. It helps my brain just like stop. For sure. Um, all right. My last question. What's one thing you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier? Ooh, oh my God. So many things. I speak to myself with so much more ki kindness now where before I was, I was always thinking of what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong in that situation? Or what does this person maybe not like about me? And it was, it was always these constant spirals in my head that were either not true or just made up in my head, just, just totally picking myself apart. 
physically, emotionally, socially. I just don't do that anymore. I don't let myself do that anymore. And I am human. So it happens because that's just the human mind. But I have a really strong practice of speaking really kindly to myself, telling myself how beautiful I am, how fun I am, how lucky everybody is to know me and vice versa. You know, like I'm so lucky to have the people in my life that I have. So we're all just mirrors for each other and nobody is thinking of about me or judging me or criticizing me. And if they are, you know, that's not really part of my reality anyway. That's part of their yeah, that's really lovely. Cool. Well, um, where can people listening to the podcast find you? They can find me on The Balanced Blonde on Instagram. TheBalancedBlonde.com is my blog. And then the podcast, The Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire, which you've been on, might be a good episode for people to start with if they're new. It's such a good one. And those are the main places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to Jordan for being thank a guest you. on the show today. Definitely check out all of her content. She is a major inspo for me and a lot of people I know. And thanks for tuning into the show this week. Yay. Thank you. Thank you.